Hello everyone. Thank you for listening to the Full of Joy podcast today. I'm actually joining you today from Miami and I'm so thankful to have today's guest on. I got to chat with Amina Altai. Amina is a women's business coach. Amina is the real deal. Amina has coached leaders from Slack, from Snapchat, from Refinery29, the New York Times, and more achieve the career of their dreams. She approaches coaching from the perspective of body, mind, and business. I absolutely loved her insight and her knowledge. It was a huge honor to have her on the podcast to learn from her experience and get an insight into how she coaches her clients. So let's dive into today's episode with Amina. So I want to hear your story. So can you kind of take me back and share how you got started and like what your journey looked like to become this coach that you are and sharing online? What did all that look like for you? Yeah. So I started my career in marketing and brand management and it was wonderful and it taught me lots of things. But very quickly into my career in corporate America, I was like, mm, corporate America is not for me. I want to start my own marketing agency where I work with emerging female entrepreneurs. And I did that for about seven years. And at the time, I was super new to entrepreneurship. I had no boundaries. I was taking care of all of my clients and my employees first, totally burning the candle at both ends. And I eventually burned out and developed two autoimmune diseases. And it was this very dramatic moment. It was like a stop moment where I had to reevaluate my life and say, do I want to keep living the way that I've been living and potentially take myself out? Or do I choose a different way? So at that point, I had what I call my eat, pray, love year, and I went back to school to study nutrition, movement, mindfulness, coaching, like all the tools, all the things to heal myself, and eventually was just so lit up by what was possible when I actually felt well, I decided to create my own curriculum and coaching practice. That's interesting, because that's kind of where I'm at as well, but at the very beginning. So yeah, I want to ask okay. about the balance of all that. Mm. Um like I said, since I'm at the beginning, like I want to have priority and like, I want to focus on like mindfulness and body and soul and business. But right now, like, I think because of the year that it was, and because I'm new to this whole like coaching, I want to become a coach um, to this whole realm. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm focusing either on business or I'm focusing either on fitness or like, I'm really prioritizing one. Mm. Can you kind of take me through your system of balance or making all of those a priority? Yeah. So I really now prioritize my well-being so much because I need to be filled as I pour. I know that if I don't take care of myself, I can't show up fully for my clients. So I've designed my work week based on what I call my authentic energy code. Like I believe we all have different energy flows and codes and we can design our work based on that. So for me, I start the week like really energized and clear. So Mondays are my CEO day where I do all of my writing, my thinking work, my new frameworks. Tuesday through Thursday is coaching and that's 11 to six Eastern because I use the whole morning to take care of myself. So I wake up at around seven, I meditate, I have my coffee, I move my body. Um, I'll work on any mindset reframes that I'm working on. And then at 11 o'clock, I start my work because I know that I need that morning to really take care of myself so I can show up fully. Then, so I coach Monday, Tuesday through Thursday, then Friday is kind of spillover day. So any of the work that I didn't finish up happens on Friday, but I usually give myself Friday afternoons to play. So it's kind of an integrated approach based on like what hasn't worked in the past and my authentic energy code. So when you think about your ideal work week and your energy, like what would make sense for you? Hmm. 
Yeah. I'm definitely big on, <laughs> well, right now I'm big on sleep, but <laughs> yeah, like I love a morning routine. Like I love like three hours maybe of journaling and manifesting and drinking tea and like that chill time. Yes. But I feel guilty about it. Why do you feel guilty? Well, okay. So I've never worked a nine to five, but I have that mentality where I need to be at my desk. Mm -hmm. But then also, I guess we're just going to get right into this <laughs> coaching session. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I have that mentality where like, you know, I want to not come off as lazy or, you know, I know I, now that I'm in this world of abundance, like I know, like I can tap into so much and I have so much to share and that type of thing. But then also I have this like conflicting feeling where I feel like it's part of my impact and part of my job to share more joy. Mm. So it's like, how do I get all this work done, but also share a life that, you know, exudes free time and joy and freedom. I'm really struggling with that balance. Yeah. So I want to come back to what you said before about laziness. So the story that you're telling yourself about prioritizing your well-being is what? It's like prioritizing my wellness and not working a nine to five equals blank. Yeah. Prioritizing my wellness and not working a nine to five. I just am telling myself, oh my God, I'm telling myself like shit things. I'm telling myself like I'm not good enough. I'm telling myself that like, I just have so much to learn. Like I said, I'm such a newbie. Like I just have so much to learn. Um, and this is something I struggle with too, which kind of pertains to this is I'm so aware, like I'm in this big season of like awareness. Like I'm so aware of all these limiting beliefs, but then I don't know where like the actual transformation happens where I'm able to actually address those and release them. Like every morning when I wake up, I kind of battle these limiting beliefs instead of being like, oh, I handled that. Now I can move on. Like I'm still facing them every day. Do you see that a lot? Yeah. So that happens for sure. And every new level of growth or next level of becoming requires something different of us. And sometimes the same old limiting beliefs will come in just in a slightly different way. So for sure. And it's a muscle, right? Once we build the muscle and the neural pathway goes a different way, then we can release it. So can we follow the thread of, I, I have so much to learn. Yeah. Okay. So do you believe that's true? You have so much to learn. Yes. Yeah. We all have so much to learn. We will never know everything, right? Because we're human. And because we're human and we're not God, God is the universe, we all have blind spots. And so how do you reframe this then? So knowing that you have so much to learn, but you will always have so much to learn. So how do you give yourself grace and compassion and allow yourself to still take care of yourself as you learn and not allow it to be an impediment to the, the process or the work? Mm. Okay. How I would reframe that is like, I'm naturally learning what I need to learn as it comes up. Yeah. And you can teach as you learn. You don't have to, there's no mountain that we arrive on and we're like, great, I've learned it all. Now I can teach. You can teach as you learn. Yeah. I definitely don't feel like the credibility of that because I feel like, especially with coaching, um, you know, I just, I want to have the answer or like, so I just launched my first group coaching program and I have eight girls in there. I'm so excited. Yay, congrats. And like all of them, thanks. All of them feel very aligned. And like, you know, I feel really close to all of them already, but 
yeah, like I just really want to show up as like the coach that they think I am, the coach that I want to be. Um, and yes, but I still like, I feel a little bit like um, imposter syndrome or a little bit hypocritical knowing that I'm not perfect, but then also like, why do I want to be perfect? Right. <laughs> you know? Like perfection isn't, it doesn't exist, right? It's just a myth that keeps us chasing this constantly moving goalpost, right? Why? But yeah. And so I totally hear you and feel you and see you in this. And this comes up for a lot of women of feeling like, well, who am I to teach this thing? I haven't figured it all out yet, but, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, we will never figure it all out. You can figure out one piece of it and teach that one piece that you figured out. Also the thing about coaching too, is like, we don't have to have the answers, right? Our job is to deeply question and provide a line of inquiry so that people can answer their own questions. And as long as you're creating that container and that curiosity, you're on the right track. Yes. Have the curiosity. I like that. So it sounds like a lot of what we struggle with is our beliefs. So how are we forming these beliefs and like, why do they call the shots so much? Yeah. So it's so interesting. 95% of our thoughts are on repeat and 80% of them are negative. So 95% of the thoughts we have every day are the same old thoughts and 80% of them are negative. And are, they're basically shaped by our belief system, right? Our core beliefs are shaped during our formative years. And depending on who you talk to, that's anywhere from two to 26. Um, and so when we are children or we're growing up or we're in these formative years, we take on the beliefs of those that we're exposed to. And because we're children, we don't know to question or examine these beliefs. Right? We just kind of take it as gospel, right? So if our parents believed that we should work in the math and sciences because like that's a quote unquote great career, we would believe that too. And we wouldn't think to question it because we're children and we don't know to. And then we arrive in adulthood and we realize that our belief systems are intercepting our success because we believe something about how much money we can make, the jobs we can do, what's available and possible for us in the world. And that's when we get to sit down and rewrite those beliefs and create them in service of our existence, right? Carl Jung says, until we make the unconscious conscious, it directs our life and we call it fate because we have all these unconscious beliefs, this operating system running in the background and it's calling the shots on everything from the cities we choose to live in, the partners we choose, the work we choose to do until we get conscious of it. Is that work then, like the work of you addressing it and making it more conscious, is that work in these sessions like this? Like, is it in the mindset coaching sessions or is it in your journaling? Is it in everything? Yeah, it's in everything, right? And yeah. oftentimes I see the biggest shifts with people in just bringing the idea to consciousness, right? Even in what you were saying too, of like this idea of like not working a nine to five is quote unquote lazy. Sometimes just that realization that we've set up that equation in our heads will start to shift things for people. And so we can do it through, you know, like what we, what we just did through that line of inquiry, we can do it through journaling, we can do it through guided visualization. There's so many ways to access those core limiting beliefs and we shift it through practice over time. Yes. Okay. So it's kind of like to correct me if I'm wrong, but is it like giving yourself permission to actually follow that, to be able to release it? Yeah. So, right. You know, this, we can't work with people that aren't coachable. Coachable means we are willing to see things differently. We are open to changing our beliefs, changing our experiences. And so the first thing is, yes, we have to be open to realizing that maybe this thing hasn't served us and we want to switch it so we can live another way. Wow. Wow. I feel like people listening to this are going to like, feel it. Like, I hope they're going to feel it how I am. Like, oh. I feel I feel called out in a good way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so 
I want to hear more about like the mindset shifts that you had to make um, for, for you to be able to use your story and get to where you are and then how you practice those to stay consistent in them. Yes. So I've had all the limiting beliefs. So anybody listening, feeling like, oh, you have so many, don't worry. I see you. I feel you. I was you. I am you. And it's true <laughs> for every human. So some of the core limiting beliefs that I worked through was around hard work and my career. So I kind of, I had this belief that I could make good money. I didn't feel limited super, in some ways, yeah, there was a ceiling there, but really my limitation came in feeling like I had to kill myself for the work. And I was like, tracing back this lineage of belief, I was like, oh my gosh, where does this come from? Like the idea that I have to give all of myself to the work and that if I'm not, you know, burned out and stressed out and sick that I'm not doing enough. And I started to look at my lineage. I looked at my parents, I looked at my grandparents, I looked at my great grandparents. And there was an entire lineage of literally killing yourself for work. Like, for example, my grandma, bless her soul, she is turning 90 and she only retired five years ago. And she came from a really poor coal mining family and she worked her way up to create her own business and was like a very big success story, but was so terrified of not having things that she literally worked herself into the ground. And her parents, and this was true on both sides of the family, they were coal miners. And so they literally, their job actually, they both died of lung cancer from the fumes from the coal. So their work literally killed them. And so I was unraveling this belief and I was like, wow, this is so deep. This is generational. This isn't just me. And that realization was such a profound uh aha. And then realizing if I take myself out, I can't do the work, right? So I'm not here for what I've really come here to do. And so it was sort of counterintuitive and through practice and daily repetition was really able to rewire that. Mm, Interesting. So yeah, what did that rewiring look like? Like, what does your self-care look like? Like, what are your inputs and your nourishment and all that? Yeah. So, I mean, for that one, I, when I'm rewiring a belief, I'll like we did with you, we, I created a reframe, right? So the old belief is that I have to kill myself for work. And the new belief could be, you know, I need to be filled as I pour for me to have the impact I want to have on the world. I need to take care of myself. So that would be my reframe. And I might work with it as a mantra in meditation of I get to be filled as I pour. I'm in service and I get to be supported as I am in service. Or I would just read it uh, repetitively after meditation. After meditation, our brains are kind of malleable. So that's a great time to work with your reframe as well. And then eventually it becomes a new neural pathway. And then that it's like a muscle. And by default, your brain goes in that direction versus the old direction. Mm, Wow. You are just spilling so much knowledge here. So, okay. Going along with this, um, work theme and like your job, I get a lot of questions in my DMS actually, um, which I think is interesting because I've, I never really talk about, you know, like I've never had a nine to five, um, and so much of my job I can do anywhere. And like, I, I don't know, I feel like I don't often talk about like my job on my job of social media. You know what I mean? But anyways, I get a lot of DMS saying like, I hate my job. I want to switch my job. Um, and just so many people want to leave their jobs and do something else. So where would you recommend people like start with that? Like what is the work that needs to be done first? And like, for me, the first thing that comes up is like not trusting myself to like Mm -hmm. make the right decision. Um, Yeah. Or so much goes along with that, but yeah, like where would you start with that? 
Yeah. So first and foremost, if someone came to me and was like, Hey, I want to change my job, but I don't know where to start. I would ask them, what's the transformation they want? Like describe the dream, like pretend that I have a wand and I'm waving it for you. And you get to have the career of your dreams. Describe that for me. Because oftentimes when we're leaving a job, we don't like, we jump from the frying pan into the fire. And I don't want that for people because I've done that and it's not wonderful. So let me support you. So like writing the dream. What is the dream for your work and your life? And allow yourself to go big, play big, play all out. This is the dream. Then I ask people a series of questions because I believe uh, the great work of our life sits at the intersection of where our brilliance is. We all have a unique form of brilliance that we came to planet earth to share. What our values are because we want our work to be connected to our values so that we are committed to showing up for it because it means so much to us what we wanna impact in this world, whether it's our family, community, the greater good, we all wanna impact something, so what is it? What brings us joy? Because work, we want it to bring us joy. It's not just to slog away at, right? And then the, what we need. So what's the context you wanna create for your life? Like how much money do you wanna make? How, how much do you wanna work? Really designing the context as much as we are designing the dream. And then once we've answered all those questions, really at the center of it is the great work of your life and what you're called to do. Hmm. So if someone isn't like super introspective or that in tune, like if someone's like really clouded by a lot of things and they're like, they hear these questions, they're like, I don't know what my gifts are. Like, how do you help guide them to realize what their gifts are, especially if they're not doing them right now? Right. Totally. So for all of you listening, I have a free passion and purpose worksheet that I will uh, give to Francesca. So it's in the show notes. And that's a great way. It's kind of a journaling exercise to help you identify those different areas that I talked about. But a lot of us do feel blocked around gifts, values, all the things that I just talked about, but oftentimes it's a mindset block of feeling like we have permission to express that. So if someone's like, I'm not really clear on these things, what I would want to do is kind of move out that mindset layer that's sitting on top of that gold mine of information. So, you know, do you feel like you have permission to do the great work of your life and make the money that you want to make and have the impact that you want to have? Do you feel like you can do it? Do you feel like you're worthy of it? And really kind of moving the mindset stuff out of the way so that we can go that one layer down and answer some of those other questions. Wow. I feel that. <laughs> like, I definitely don't feel worthy of that, which is so horrible. I hate that. I don't feel that, but I have to honor that. I definitely don't feel like worthy of like pursuing my purpose um, and creating an impact. Like, yeah, it just feels like this sounds so cliche because it's what you see online all the time, but it's like, it just feels like, who do I think I am? Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, there's like guilt around money. And yeah, like lack of confidence in my skills and like my ability to actually take my skills and like package it up and offer it to the world in like an aesthetic way that I want to. Oh, well, first feels of all, yeah, it's a <laughs> lot, right? But I want to invite you into a conversation of compassion for yourself, right? Like we, we do this work without any judgment for ourselves because a lot of these beliefs were placed on top of us as kids, like I said, and we didn't know to question them. So now is the time we get to question them and lovingly move them out of the way. So there's never anything wrong with us. There's everything right with us. And we do it through the lens of compassion. But you know what you were talking about of like, who am I to do this work? It's like, who are you not to do this work? Marianne Williamson has that quote, right? Who are you not to do this work? Like you are a child of God. You have gifts that you came here to express. And the, the fact that eight people signed up for your coaching program, the minute you put it out in the world is a really good indication that you are on the right track. Yes. 
And those beliefs around, you know, what work should look like, those aren't yours, right? Anytime we're using the language of should, we're in somebody else's belief system. And the confidence piece, that comes through practice, right? Uh, Brittany Packnett Cunningham has a really great TED Talk on confidence. And she says that confidence needs permission to be birthed, community to practice it in, like a safe space to practice in, and curiosity so that we're always learning and we're always in discovery. And so confidence, again, is a muscle that we build through practice. I feel like you have to have a lot of like you have to have a lot of boldness, but also you have to just like allow yourself to like be scared and be bold, even though you're fearful. Like this totally. whole thing is bold to me. Yes. Feel the fear, do it anyway. The fear will be yes. there, right? The fear, fear is our brain trying to protect us from something, right? Our brain thinks that we're unsafe. So it's like throwing up the fear flag, but we're not unsafe, right? It feels psychologically unsafe to come out of our comfort zone but we're realistically, we're usually not unsafe. So we do, we notice the fear. Thank you fear for like trying to keep me safe. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm, thank the fear and do it anyways. That's so beautifully said. So I know you work a lot with um, like women in leadership roles and like big, big time girls. <laughs> so I want to ask about, um, you know, when you want to up level or when you want to raise your prices or even ask for a raise, like how to gain the confidence to do that and follow through with it. Yeah. So I think so much of this is practice too. So let's say you want to ask for a raise and there are lots of things that I actually have a guide on how to ask for a raise. And, you know, there's things that you want to do beforehand of like setting the context so that we're not surprising people, you know, making sure that inside your organization, you know, understanding if this is like an on cycle or off cycle, ask for a raise or a promotion and making sure that we aggregate the data to prove the business case that it makes sense for us to have a raise, right? There's so many steps that we can do to actually make the ask. The confidence piece really is practice. So I invite people to write out their talk track, right? So what are the things that you would say to your manager? How would you ask for it? What would their potential mitigations be? How would they push back on it? And then how would you respond to that pushback? And then practicing it in the mirror with a friend until it feels so in your body that it just rolls off the tongue. I feel like a lot of this would be helpful to practice with a coach or just mm -hmm. with somebody to hold this space for you. Um, so did you have mentors and coaches? Like, how did you learn about all of this? Too? Yeah, I am always being coached. Like I never ask my clients to do something that I have not done. So I have invested so much in coaching over the years and I believe in it because as I said before, we're humans, we have blind spots. Like if if we were God, God is the universe, we'd see everything, but we're not. And so I need someone that's there to be like, I'm going to, here's a growing edge for you. I'm going to, here's a blind spot for you in the same way that I do for my clients. And so obviously I believe in coaching because I am a coach and I think it's so powerful to always be nurtured, grown and looking at your stuff. Yes. So what does that always look like to you? Like, is that like, yeah, actually kind of going, going back, what is your, schedule. <laughs> um, like I know you talked about how you have theme days, but yeah. yeah, like how much of your time is it like, would you do a coaching for like half a year or would you like, you just kind of do it intuitionally, like with my clients or with my coach, do you mean with you for you? For me, so yeah, it is definitely based on intuition. So there are times where I really want to learn a particular thing. So I'll seek out a coach in that particular thing. So like maybe I really want to master sales. So I'd seek out a coach for sales. Mm -hmm. Or when I wanted to master mindset, I sought out a coach for mindset. And there are times where we are ripe to take in information. And there are times where we just need to like not take anything in and just integrate and digest. 
And so I'm always really checking in for that of like, there are times where I literally feel full of information. I'm like, no, 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 I can't take in anything else. I just literally need to let this seep in so then I can share it with the world. And so always checking in to see where you are with that. Yes. I feel that so much. Yeah. Like I went through a kind of in 2020, I was like working with so many coaches and like every morning I would listen to like a hype podcast, Um, but then it got to the point where I was able to, yeah, like I got so creative from that. I was able to integrate things that for a few months, like I didn't want to take and take on anymore or learn anymore because I was like really inputting or integrating everything that was just input. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And honor that knowing that's your intuition being like, okay, we are good on the intakes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Honor that. How beautiful. So I want to ask about what it's like to work with you. Like who would be like the perfect person to work with you? And like, what does that system look like? Yeah. Thank you for asking. So the women I love to work with are amazing humans. They are heart and soul centered. They are hardworking. And a lot of the times they've climbed that first mountain in their career and they've looked around and they realized this isn't it for them, right? Like they kind of climbed the corporate ladder thinking based on other people's belief systems, right? Their family thought this was a good career or their partner or what have you. And then they get to the top and they're like, I am not happy. And so that's the, the moment that they meet me. And we really reimagine what work and life can look like for them and using all of their gifts and how they get on the court with all their gifts. So I work, I work deep and fast. Like I'm a Scorpio Capricorn rising. Like I love to let's do the hard work. Let's make it fun. And let's make it fast. Cause I believe that there are moments in our lives where we need to grow incrementally. And then there are times where fast and radical growth is available. So like, that's when I love to work with people. So, um, I do three or five month stints and the three months starts with a half day deep dive, really looking at all those things that we were talking about around purpose, putting together a 90 day plan. And then we go into biweekly coaching, really honoring everything that is on our roadmap. And then I also support them in between with like 30 minute touch bases just to make sure that they're supported. But the way that I describe it to my clients, I'm like, I want you to feel like you are running a three-legged race with somebody for three months, that you are fully supported and supported in a way that you have never felt supported before. That's how I want them to feel. Wow. Yeah. Sounds very transformational. I think that could be potentially something, maybe this is just in my own head or it feels like what I've experienced with launching my own program is like, I feel like people are almost scared of the transformation, especially because you can offer it in such like a fast way where it's almost like I have, I've struggled with having to like grieve that part of me that, that I am going to lose in that. Like she has kept me safe. She has like gotten me to this point, but there's so many parts of her that don't serve me anymore. Like you said, um, do you ever encounter that where like your clients are like, I don't even want to like, I don't want to go there. And like, I don't want this for like, I want this result, but I don't want to do the work to, to get there. So, yeah, I think the way that it shows up. So like, I'll have a consult with somebody and they'll be like, Oh my God, yes, I really want to do this work. And then I'll ask them like, what fears, uncertainties or doubts are coming up And then they'll have like a whole laundry list, right? Because they've started to articulate the dream. And then that fear-based reptilian brain wants to keep us safe. And is like, here's the 75 reasons we shouldn't. So it's like, um, oh, maybe now's not the right time. Or, you know, will I have enough time? Or will I be able to contribute enough to the group? You know, all the questions, all the fear thoughts come in and we love them, right? We're like, thank you again, you're keeping us safe. And we look at what's real for us and we look at what's not real for us, but you're absolutely right. There is a lot of fear that comes up when it comes to growth, because it means it's asking us to stretch. It's asking us to do things in a way we've never done before. And that can take something from us. 
but the work is so fun when we throw, when we jump into it and it's so transformational and what's on the other side of it is so good that you know it, it's worth moving the fears aside for yeah i love how you like your perspective on it is that it's asking us for growth it's asking us to reach like yeah. that's such a like a generous way to look at it like lo- looking at yourself from a very loving perspective Yes. Like when challenging things would happen for me, I'd be like, oh God, like, why is this happening? And I started to realize I'm like, this isn't happening to me, right? This is happening for me. And this is an invitation. So I've really reframed challenging moments to be like, oh, this is an invitation for growth. This is an invitation to birth a new part of myself to contribute something that I haven't contributed before. And it's a way more positive experience to move through life that way. Wow. What a beautiful soul you have. (laughs) That's incredible. Can I ask kind of on a personal level, Mm -hmm. like since I'm, since I'm kind of getting into this coaching realm, I'm really focusing on like boundaries that I have with like my family and people around me and work. Um, and really focusing on like showing up in the way that I want to show up um, online, but also in my real life and like making sure there's not like a version of me that's online and a version of me that's here sitting in my office. Like I want to just be and embody that person. Yeah. But also like, I of course don't want to be like, I never want to be a judgmental coach, but also I don't want to bring in like my coaching mindset when I'm with friends and family. Like I just want to just be, um, Yeah. So do you, (laughs) like, how do you kind of separate those two while also, you know, wanting to embody that person that you dream of being? Yeah. So I have a hard rule that I don't coach family because Mm -hmm. it requires us to shift the relationship, right? For you to see me not as your sister, but to see me as your coach, it's a shift in dynamic. And I found that to be really challenging with family. So like, that's just a hard line for me. With friends, I'm open to coaching them, but it's a conversation at the upfront of like, our dynamic may change now, right? Because as friends, Mm -hmm. we are in service to each other. And as coach and coachee, we're also in service to each other, but I'm here as a guide for you. So it's a slight shift in dynamic. So I always articulate that at the upfront to to make sure that people are okay with that because the dynamic will shift. So that's really a big one. Yes. Being open about that dynamic and what that will look like. That's really a great point. Yeah. So what is next for your coaching? I think you have a six month program coming up and how can we get involved? Yes. Thank you so much. So I do actually have, like you, I have a group coaching program that's uh, launching in September and it is for like you, eight amazing women who are ready to take their career to the next level. Um, and so just super excited to meet those souls, whoever's ready to really step into their bigness and um, do it with the support and love of seven other women around them, lifting them up. So I'm very excited about who's going to be in that program and yeah, just excited for another, another start. Yes. So that is for people on the coaching side of it, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. for the people that want to actually learn the tools, not be coached. Well, so no. So the the group coaching program actually is for people that are shifting careers. Then I have another program Mm -hmm. that I think you're referring to called Mindset School that is for coaches that want to learn mindset coaching tools. But that just started in August. Yes. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. Wow. You have two programs coming like at the same time. That is amazing. Yes. So where can we find all that? Where can we find you? 
Thank you so much. So you can find me on Instagram at Amina Altai. Spelling will be in the show notes. And you can also find me on my website, AminaAltai.com. And if you're interested in a consult, just shoot me an email, Amina at AminaAltai.com. I would love to meet you and connect with you. Wow. Amazing. Thank you so much, Amina. Thank you for using your experiences too, to help others grow. Like this is going to be so beneficial for so many people. And like I said, thanks for being an expander for me.